Hi, everyone. Welcome to Women in Retail Talks, the podcast where C-suite executive women in, in the retail space share their stories of professional growth, leadership development, personal journeys, and more. I'm Melissa Campanelli, the co-founder of the Women in Retail Leadership Circle, which is a membership-based community of executive women at leading retailers and brands. Joining me today is Amy Schechter, the CEO of Everbody, which is a luxury cosmetic dermatology center company. And she's also a great friend of our group and will be actually speaking at an event that we're hosting in New York City on October 6th. In today's episode, we'll hear all about Amy's career journey, her leadership style, what she's most looking forward to as we round out 2022, and so much more. So with that, thank you so much for joining me today, Amy. How are you? I'm great. It's so nice to see you again. Yes, I remember um, when you spoke at one of our first Women in Retail events in Miami. It seems so long ago. I know, I know. It's been great, though. It's so nice to um, reconnect with you again. You as well. Um, So let me jump into some of these questions. Um, I know our audience is going to love to hear from you. So tell us a little bit about your career journey and how you came upon Everybody. So what sort of attracted you to it? Yeah, so my career journey is a little bit frenetic. You know, some people look at my resume and say, oh my gosh, it's chaos. But to me, it tells a story. It tells a story of someone who wasn't afraid to take risks, um, who wasn't afraid to travel the world for a job, and was constantly looking to learn and grow. Um, I have spent, you know, 20 plus years in major fashion companies, from big ones to small ones to startups. And um, over the past couple of years, I had the good fortune of working for a company called Glam Squad, which is on-demand beauty services. And um, it was a digitally native business, which was a little bit different for me. My career at brands like Diesel and Liz Claiborne and Tory Burch and Sea Wonder and Donna Karen, it was a very different kind of business for me. It was direct to consumer, really understanding paid media and how to acquire customers in this modern environment. And um, of course the pandemic hit and um, I was there almost almost five years, a, a long journey of expansion and growth and building product and an amazing partnership with CVS. And the pandemic hit and I um, had to make a choice. And at around the same time as the pandemic, I was called by a recruiter that everybody was looking for someone to lead the business operationally with a great deal of experience. And the interesting thing for me about everybody is it is a brick and mortar business that is fueled by technology. So it is a tech-enabled business. So it was a crescendo for me. It's a brand, it's tech-enabled, and it comes to life in brick and mortar. All of that to say that um, it is a good match for me personally. And then I have a secret obsession with all things wellness and beauty. And um, I really love the idea of democratizing cosmetic dermatology. I think it's time to take it out from the closet and into conversation and be proud and loud about wanting to look good and feel good. And I said, I'm up for this task. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So true. I love that taking it out of the closet. 
Um, so, and you did mention this just now, but I would love to talk a little bit about how everybody is different, you know, from some of the other companies you've worked for. You know, you you had said that uh, digitally native businesses, um, you've led them, you've also opened retail stores, but that this business is an opportunity to flex both of those muscles. So can you tell me a little bit more about that and why that's attractive to you? Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit first about why Everbody is different. So Everbody is cosmetic dermatology that's focused on the full body. It is not just a place that offers Botox and filler. We create wellness programs that are personalized to each individual person. And so what does that mean today? I think cosmetic dermatology in the past was pretty targeted to one particular type of woman. We at Everbody are for everybody. So a big pillar of our differentiation is targeting to every tone, texture, age, and gender. And that's a very important attribute today, I think, around being a CEO in this current environment. We cannot be targeting one individual kind of customer because I truly believe that there's fluidity in our environment today that requires businesses to show up differently. And I'm excited to lead a business that stands for a very broad consumer base. Um, The other thing that's different about us is we've put education at the highest level of our mission. So education for our consumers and education for our providers. We launched a proprietary training program about a year ago to ensure that every single provider offers the same kind of brand consistency and medical rigor and expertise that you would find in a doctor's office, you would find at your top provider's office, and that will be consistent in any place that you go when you come to an Everbody location. And again, that is a big point of differentiation. We looked at all of the training programs across the country. It's incredible, actually. There are no very, very strong training programs in the country. There are good ones, but there aren't great ones. And after examining what existed in the marketplace, we said as an organization, if we can't buy it, we're going to build it. And so we got really scrappy. We put together an incredible team of people that said, if we had to think about being the best at this, what would it look like? And we then proceeded to create what we consider the best in class provider training program in the country. It is rigorous. It's academic. It's both virtual and hands-on. It's didactic. It has educators that talk about diversity and inclusion. They have It has educators around the wellness of our providers. So we bring in a yogi and a nutritionist so that our providers understand the importance of drinking water throughout the day to keep you hydrated and energized. Everything is discussed in this program. Mm. And um, it is, it's amazing and a very, very important distinction of our business. And then the last area of distinction is innovation. You know, everybody today talks about technology, innovation. We want to be innovative in a way that's very relevant to our customer, not just innovation for innovation's sake. It's how does our customer need innovation 
to make their experience better, to make their service more fruitful, and to ensure that they feel cared for, educated, and honestly, they feel better. Like the goal is you look better and therefore you feel better. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. I'm so glad you went through that because I really, I didn't know the sort of the philosophy behind the company. So that's super interesting. And I think it is true. I mean, I, first of all, the importance of training, it's so, you know, it's so key. And I think a lot of companies don't think about that. Um you know, but anyway, this that's been really fascinating. Um, I know that you also were very much involved in some fundraising uh, for the company, you know, VC fundraising for the company. And I also know that um, we just talked that there were there um, have been fewer than 10 women in the US who have done significant back to back VC raises in less than a year, and you are one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, congratulations. Um, so how you know, let's, what's your secret to success? I mean, how, yeah. how have you been able to do that? I mean, that's so impressive. Thank you so much. And, and honestly, it's my mission to help women fundraise uh, with success. Um, I, I don't know how much you know about it, but um, there was an article released not too long ago that said, you know, hooray, there's more fundraising going to women than ever before. And I was like, this is fascinating. I love this. What's the statistic? And it went from 1% to 2%. So 2% wow. of all of the funding um, is uh, is going to women-led businesses, which means the converse of that 98% of funding is going to people other than women. So that is, for me, a staggering statistic. It's staggering and not one that, you know, that I'm happy about, to be very honest with mm -hmm. you. So for anyone out there listening, I am, I am on this, this train to ensure that women who are in leadership positions have a little bit more knowledge around what to do before and during the fundraising process. And, and I think it's a couple of things. I think, you know, women um, are tend to be more humble and, um, and a little bit less ego driven. And I think, you know, in the majority of the cases and not in every case, there are um, happily, there are more women-led investors, but for the most part, it is a male-dominated space. And women are going into a boardroom with, you know, two to 10 people in the room, like put your imagination cap on and think about this. Like here you are, the only woman in the room, you're sitting in front of a sea of men who are all in their Patagonia vests and their um, dock cider shoes, and um, and you have to win them over and get them to believe that what you're talking about is worthy of their investment dollars. And so what, what I always say to people is, what have you done before you got into that room? What is your diligence process like? What do you think about when you put your hand on that door to walk in that room, what do you think about and what do you want to do as the first thing that happens in that engagement? Do you shake their hands? Do you not shake their hands? If you shake their hands, do you have a good handshake? I'm really, really into handshakes. And a lot of women do not know how to properly shake a hand. And I have heard people say they lost it with me at the handshake. 
Can you imagine? You haven't even pitched. Like you lost it at the handshake. And, um, and so, you know, I, I actually have done workshops uh, with younger, honestly, younger um, adult women around how to properly shake a hand. And um, I have a daughter and by the time she was four years old, I was teaching her how to properly shake hands. And we came up with names for those handshakes that are really bad, you know, the, prin- <laughs> the princess handshake, you can imagine what that looks like. The dead fish, you can imagine what that feels like. Like we came up with names for them wow. because you don't want to be one of those people that does the princess shake or fingertips where you just put your fingertips out. You want to be like right in there going at it with a strong handshake that says, I am, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. You know, I, I am, I am confident, I am strong and I, I've got this. And so uh, there's, I could give you a list and list of tips, but you know, there's so many things that, that we could do as women to show up differently before it even gets into what does your deck look like? What are the facts? What do you want to, what do you want them? What's the one thing you want them to remember about that meeting? And you think yeah. about that, not, not as you're walking into the room for sure. It's, you know, a month before you even had that meeting and get your head into the right mindset. So there's a, there's a, I'm going to write a book someday, Melissa. Yeah, I was just <laughs> going to say that. I feel like this is a book about, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing the birth of a book right now. It's exciting. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's awesome. I love all of those tips and I'm sure that's helpful to anyone that's looking to get, you know, to be honest with you, fundraising, but even just getting a promotion motion, asking for a raise. I mean, all of these things, you know, you really do have to present yourself in a way that's, you know, right for business. Even a job interview, like what handshake do you give when you, you extend that hand for that job interview? What do you do when you walk in the room for that job interview? And, and, you know, a lot of it's not in, in person these days, but what is, what's the first thing you say when you walk into that interview? Like, you know, I, I honestly, I still think about it. I, I, I'm not, you know, 20 years old. I know you know that, (laughs) but I look it because of everybody, (laughs) but, but I, you know, I've, I've interviewed a lot and, and I still prep and think Mm. about that every single time I have to meet someone. I did my diligence, even though I know you, I did my diligence extensively before I came onto this podcast and I, I do a podcast a week. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not new to doing podcasts, but I, I want to be sure that I show up for you and your audience in a way that resonates and is meaningful. Yeah. That's amazing. Love it. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about you as a leader. Um, you've, you're known for being such a great leader. I mean, you've fostered collaborative cultures, you know, in all the companies that you've worked for. Um, you've, I feel I've heard that you, a lot of the individuals that work for you are fulfilled, challenged, thriving. Can you offer some best practices here? I mean, this is a big uh, topic for our listeners and our members. They always want to know how they can you know, inspire their teams and keep them happy and motivated. Um, We, we have a philosophy at everybody that, you know, we lead with kindness 
And, um, and you have to show up with that kindness every day. Now, I will tell you that, you know, you are allowed to have a bad mood, but I think as a CEO, it has to be pretty rare. Um, I think showing up every day the same with integrity and kindness and honesty and care is something that comes with the job. We don't, it's kind of like a parent. You don't really get to have bad moods when it comes to raising your kids. It should be something that, you know, your bad mood is yours and you deal with it. And I don't think it's something that, sure, you know, you have partners and relationships and you want to share your bad mood, but I don't think it's fair to put your bad mood on your company. I think you have to show up every day with confidence, with an eagerness to win, with um, a contagion around the passion that you have for what you're doing. And I think that breeds an environment that feels cared for, they feel happy mm-hmm. and they, they're excited. You know, it doesn't mean we, we're not having tough conversations. You have to have tough conversations sometimes, but it doesn't mean that the tough conversation doesn't have to happen with kindness. Even if you're exiting an employee, it has to happen with kindness. And, you know, I always say to our team that I want people to leave our company feeling as though we took care of them, even if we're exiting them. I've been exited from a company. You know, I know what it feels like to have your job eliminated and it wasn't done well. I can tell you it wasn't done well. I wasn't prepared. Nobody told me that we were downsizing the business. It was all of a sudden you woke up on a Thursday. It's very old school. It wouldn't be done this way. But, you know, we woke up on a Thursday and, you know, a whole group of us were eliminated because the company was downsizing. It happens. I understand that. But I don't I don't want it to be that way for people that are part of our community. I think if that's something you have to do, then the exit should feel the same as you're leading your company mm-hmm. with integrity, with kindness, with care, with transparency, transparency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting um, it, it, when you're speaking about parenting, I'm a parent. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, and it, it is a lot like being a parent um, love and less, you know, love and lessons and, you know, just uh, making people feel secure and safe you know, is a big part of it, I'm sure, to keep a good, happy team. So yeah, look, you know, it's a competitive job market right now. And, and, and we know this, Um, we have very, very little attrition. The provider community is a very, very competitive environment. Um, You know, we've lost very few people, very few. And, Mm -hmm. And in our organization, very few people have left. And, and so people say, even our, even our board says to us as a leadership group, why do you think that's the case? Because in our other portfolio brands, people are leaving right and left. And, you know, we, we want to be a company that people don't want to leave. If you have a problem with anything that's going on in your job, I would much rather hear about it. Mm-hmm. And so would our leaders. You have to be able to have the um, executive presence to care for yourself as well. And we we want people within our organization to be a manager of their career. Mm-hmm. And we want to listen because we want to know what you need in order to be successful. We, we have a thing, um, it's called uh, shout outs. 
And, and the first Tuesday of every month, we allow all of the people in the company from all over, regardless of where you're located, come onto a Zoom call and the company shouts out each other. Oh, you wow. did this well. You did this well. I love this about you. And every single person who gets a shout out, their name gets on a piece of paper that goes into a hat. And at the end, when everybody's done shouting everybody out, um, we have a, a person pick a name out of a hat. Mm-hmm. And that person that that week gets, um, gets a gift card to um, the retailer of their choice. Wow. And, and so sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's 20 minutes. Um, as we've grown, it's, it's gotten longer, longer. <laughs> but, but we're not going to stop doing it. Um, it is peer to peer recognition and acknowledgement. It is recognition. Sometimes it's to our store managers, to our provider staff. I mean, it, it could be anywhere. And, and it's always surprising to me who shouts out somebody else? Like they had nothing to do with that department, that initiative, that effort. But they say, you know, I heard you did a really good job of, of that. And, and I'm always so surprised. But how wonderful that we spend 20 minutes just talking about how great people are. That like how amazing. fantastic. And it's not me saying it. I do say I do have my shout outs that I do. Um, but but it's everybody else shouting out everybody else. And I always have goosebumps by the end of it. I love it. That's such a great idea. That's something that I'm sure some of our you know listeners could probably steal and maybe even we could steal here. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> okay, um, jumping ahead. Um you know, you obviously are working for a wellness-based company, um, and well-being and mental health and wellness are so important today to employees. We read about it, we hear about it, we're living it. And you kind of talked about this a little bit, but maybe you could go into a little bit more detail about the wellness part. I mean, what do you do to make sure your employees feel healthy and safe? And then along the same lines, as a leader, you probably, you must understand the importance of staying healthy mentally and physically. So tell us about what you do there. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Um, I love that question. We're a medical business. So wellness takes on a different meaning, meaning when you're working for a company that's rooted in, in medicine and we have doctors and nurse practitioners and estheticians that work for us. And so, you know, I, I would say we talked about the onboarding part where we bring in a yogi to teach people how to take care of their bodies and a wellness coach to talk about what to eat and what not to eat. Um, It's up to you whether or not you follow it, but um, giving guidelines around what gives you energy, you know, how do you maintain, because energy is mood. Like if you have no energy, it's hard to like walk in and say, Hey, everybody, how are you doing? Because you don't have the energy to do it. So we focus a lot on energy. Um, We did uh, about a year ago, we did a series of yoga workshops um, in the evening with our team. And we've moved on to other things around wellness, but we're always looking at ways that we can integrate wellness into the lives of our of our team, whether it's our medical staff or um, our our service team, you know, mm-hmm. our, our headquarters team. We also, you know, I think that mental health isn't just about providing um, mental health services. 
I think mental health is actually how you treat people every day and how you care for them. I think knowing people as people, as opposed to just employees, is something that we are fostering as a community. Everybody knows we spend more hours with the people that we work with than the people that we live with. And um, creating a safe space where people feel, you know, well-fed, healthy, delicious snacks, where they feel like they can talk to people about personal and professional issues. It's not a requirement, but certainly an environment that lets you know that it's okay if your aunt is sick and you want to take her to the doctor, that your significant other stub their toe and you need to work from home. Like it doesn't matter. We are a company that cares for you. Therefore, we have to show up every single day caring for your whole being, not the person that works for us, but the whole person who comes to work every single day. And I think that is something that, again, not necessarily something that um, is integrated into into businesses you know when you have a child a man a woman a um you know a, a multi-gender it doesn't matter if you're bringing someone into a new being into your home and you have to figure that out we're going to be there and we're going to show up for you every day that you have to do that mm -hmm. and and i know and you do as well um i've worked for some big companies while um, having a child. And it's not necessarily, I think it's better, but it's not necessarily like that. And we want to show up like that every single day. We also have a really generous program around our services and our services are non-invasive and invasive and caring for you in that way, giving you the space to have a facial it's beautiful. It's relaxing. It's 45 minutes of bliss. And if you don't have time to do that as a working mom or a working dad, and you want to do it during business hours, you go. We actually do it in our office. You can go in our office and have it done and, and take that 45 minutes of time for you. That That's, that's the kind of care that, um, that we think is, is really important. And then, you know, that that's around our employees. And then for me personally, I'm, you know, people that know me know that I'm, I'm pretty much a, a health oriented person. Um, I'm a vegan. Um, yeah. I, I drink um, 70 plus ounces of water a day. And I wow. monitor my water intake, like, like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> so uh, everyone knows when I'm running to the bathroom, uh, 45 times a day, it's because I am drinking a ton of water. Um, I, I'm um, really healthy about fitness and mindfulness. I, I try to meditate every single day. I may not meditate every day, but I try, but I definitely <laughs> don't do it every day. But I really try hard to center myself for, for myself, but also for um, the people I have to engage with every day. I, I talk to a lot of people every day and, and I want to show up clear and, and open um, and generous every mm -hmm. single day so important um you know the importance of taking care of yourself to be a good leader i, I just yes. don't think it think people think about that too much but it's so important and i love the uh, the water water is such a important thing and it's 
so many people don't drink as much water as they should. I just had a conversation with my elderly mom about this. I'm like, how much water are you drinking today? Just, they just don't do it. So they don't. that's a they great don't. Uh, reminder. Remind me to give you a link for a water bottle for your mom. That's funny. And um, oh, I love that. It's, 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 it's a funny water bottle, but it's, it's a jug. It's not a bottle as to <laughs> how much she should be drinking because definitely as we get older, yeah. um, it's, it's really important to drink more water. Water, not less. And, um, and it, you, you almost have to, for me, I create a competition with myself and everybody on my team knows that I'm, I like, I'm a water person and <laughs> always offering water. Have you, how much water have you had today? And right. how much green juice have you had today? And, um, when we, we bring, um, lunch in once a week and I'm, I'm always like, okay, you guys can pick. And, and because if I pick it's, you know, it's a very healthy choice. So we do, we do have pizza once in a while and everybody loves it. So I, I'm not a pizza eater, but uh, we do it. We do it, but I really love those healthy lunches. That's great. A um, couple more questions. Sure. Uh, I could talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> but um, so mentorship, we before this call, we talked a little bit about how you're mentoring some women right now. Um, how, why is mentorship important? How has it been important in your career? And maybe you could talk a little bit about the mentoring that you're doing now? Sure. Um, amazing topic. I love this topic. You know, I do. I, I believe that um, the statistics are out there, right? This isn't, I'm not making anything up that you can't Google search. Um, there's a Harvard business case study done that said um, men will put their hat in a ring for a job if they have 20 to 30% of what it takes to do the job. Women will put their hat in the ring if they have 95% of what the job description says. That statistic to me, it just speaks volumes for why women need mentors. Um, there were not a lot of mentors, female mentors for me. I had some good male mentors, um, I'm a little bit older and grew up in an environment where I didn't see a lot of me um, represented in any room that I went into. I actually, I've told this story a few times. I went into a very, very big brand meeting where I was leading the meeting. Um, I walked in, it was a sea of men. I walked into the room and one of the senior level men turned to me and said, honey, we need a little more coffee. Oh my goodness. And I said, I'll get the coffee right after this meeting. <laughs> that, that, is, that is how old I am. I you know it's better today, but they thought I was there to do coffee oh service as opposed to lead the strategic meeting that... Um, that was going to take place. Obviously, he had not done his homework. He didn't look to see who was leading the meeting or he didn't care um, because I was the only woman in the room. So um, I don't, you know, things have changed since then. And I only share it to say my journey has been different, but I truly believe in paying it forward. I, I have done a lot of education and training about personal brand building for women. I've gone into school systems. I've gone into sleepaway camps. I've gone into the why. I've gone into um, you know inner city community centers and just talked about how you show up. 
mm-hmm. what your social media says. What do you do on LinkedIn? Like, what does your LinkedIn look like at 20, at 25, at 30? How much attention are you paying to the words on that page? Because today, so much of, of the research done by HR recruiting, um, even recruiters, you know, it's it's done through social media. It's done through LinkedIn. It's done through other channels. Um, I'm obsessed about how your brand shows up. Your mm personal brand Mm. shows up because if you are going on a job interview, if you are trying to do outreach and network, the first thing people do is they look at one of those channels to see how you show up. Mm -hmm. And if you have, I can't tell you how many resumes I get with misspelled words, senior level executives, (laughs) they don't, you know, improper grammar, LinkedIn profiles that have inconsistencies in them. I look Mm. at that. So, I mean, if I'm looking at it, so does everybody else. Mm. You can't have that. You can't. Yeah. And and so I, I think that if I can through this, this podcast and, you know, I make myself available to do mentoring to, um, I don't charge people. It is, it is all paying it forward. I I always have a a small group of women that I'm helping and mentoring and talking to who are older, you know, in their sixties, in their thirties, in their twenties. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because we need it at all ages. I still, I still reach out to mentors. I still have, have workshops that I attend. I do a monthly workshop um, that I attend to, to learn more. And I have friends that I tap into when I have questions that I don't know the answers to. And, you know, I, I don't know everything. I, I have to be a student. I, mm-hmm. I have to be vulnerable. Otherwise I'll stop learning. And if I stop learning, I'm dead. Like yeah. I, I can't, I, I love the idea of always learning. And like, I think when certain people leaders, you know, reach a certain level, they don't think they need to improve or, or, you know, they're sort of at the level that they are for a reason and they don't need to improve. But, you know, I feel like no matter your title, you're always, you should always be trying to improve. I mean, I don't know if you watch, uh, if you've been following the US Open, I've been watching it really closely. Yes. And yes. it's so fascinating to hear some of these champions, you know, talking about how they're going to, you know, learn from their next set or their next game or their next match. And, you know, they're trying to improve, you know, even though they're the number one players. So I just think that's really important to, to it is. remember that. It is. I, I think if you are a leader who has, stopped learning, your culture is probably pretty crappy, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I don't have all the answers, nor do I want to have, even if I have an answer, sometimes I don't give it. Sometimes I ask the provocative question and say, what do you think the answer to this is? And give other people the opportunity to come up with something new. And maybe my answer was, you know, a nineties answer or, you know, a two thousands answer. You know, we have to be perpetual students in order to make our business relevant for today's consumer, because today's consumer is a compilation for me in particular, my customers from 20 to 80. It's a very, very Mm -hmm. wide consumer. I want to know 
what a 20 year old is thinking about. And certainly, you know, I, I happen to have a 20 year old daughter, so it's a bad example, but I ask all the time, like, where do you go to her holiday list for me came from Instagram. I was like, <laughs> what, what is this? Like, you don't want me to go to Bloomingdale's or Saks or she was like, no, or urban, you know, I think that's cool. <laughs> She's like, no, you know, this follower has this from this and it's all D to C. Like right. I, I want to learn every single day how to be relevant and make our company relevant. And that's going to happen from the collaborative effort of everybody that's working in our company. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So in closing, because we're actually running out of time, um, what are you most looking forward to personally and professionally this year? We sort of always um, ask this question at the end of our, of our interviews, because we just love to hear what folks, folks are, yeah. are thinking about. So professionally, we are, we are climbing Mount Vesuvius. <laughs> we are the second <laughs> half of our year is, is enormous and it is going to challenge everybody in our company to think differently, to work differently and to accomplish things that, you know, we talked yesterday as a team we're, we're a little nervous, you know, we're a little nervous about what's ahead of us. Um, but I'm super excited to see our company shine in the next four to five months through the end of this year to do things that um, could be considered impossible. We're going to open a lot of stores. We're going to launch with some new products. We're going to change our training and education program to up-level it. We're going to be launching internal employee education platforms that are amazing for um, our director and manager level executives. There's a lot ahead of us professionally, and, and I'm really passionate about it. I'm so excited. Um, so that that is my personal vision, my professional vision for the remainder of this year. And personally, um, I, I woke up this morning. I, I took my first vacation um, this summer, and I don't want to tell you how many years because it's it doesn't it's not good. But it was a long time, a, a vacation where I actually didn't work every day. Um, well, I worked every day, but only a little <laughs> bit, um, but really where I took vacation. Um, and I came back from that vacation and said, I'm not going to do that again. I am not mm -hmm. going to let so much time pass between taking time for me and, uh, and my family. And so I woke up this morning and I said, okay, I've been back a month. It's time to plan our winter uh, vacation with intention. Like yeah. I usually say it and then never do it and then can't get in anywhere. December 23rd, looking for that <laughs> December holiday. Why is there no room in any of the hotels? Why is there no flights? Um, because I planned it, you know, December 22nd or 23rd. So I woke up this morning and said in my meditation um, and caring for me, I am going to plan our next family vacation for January after the holidays. So um, in a retail business, it's hard to take business during the holidays, but January is a good time. January is so, perfect. Yes. So where did, where did you go on your vacation for the first time? We um, we went to the Greek islands. Oh, how fabulous. How fabulous. It was, it's awesome. it was fabulous. I, it was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, 
Amy, this has been a pleasure. I really enjoyed speaking to you. I feel, you know, I, I you've shared so much great information that our listeners are going to really appreciate. It, it's just great talking to you personally. Um, good luck with everything. I, I'm excited to learn more about your company. Um, and, and I'm excited to see you in person at our event in October. So thank you so, so much. And um, I hope you have a great rest of the week and day. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being here. It's always great to see you. And I love connecting with this community in particular, because I am in the circle of women in retail. And um, any way I can help, I am, I'm eager and honored to do it. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on this podcast, please go to womeninretail.com slash podcasts for show notes. Women in Retail Talks is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Make sure to subscribe on our podcast channel page as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a few moments to rate and review our show. Lastly, if you're a female retail leader interested in joining our community at Women in Retail Leadership Circle, visit womeninretail.com slash apply. Thanks, and until next time, this has been Women in Retail Talks.